Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Revolution Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton. I'm always thrilled to be with you and introduce you to new voices or some returning voices. And today, my friend Jessica Hoddle is on the show. She has written her fourth book called Face Off With Your Feelings. This is right up your alley. So stay tuned, get a cup of coffee, some tea, some kombucha, whatever. Take some notes if you're wanting to learn some things. Um, Jessica's going to teach us about a thought cycle. She's going to talk us how movement renews our mind, um, thought patterns that we get in, sharing her own story. You guys are going to, I know you're going to get it because many of us here have come through some difficult times and feel disconnected to our bodies, our thoughts, our feelings. And she is after the heart of the Lord to integrate us all back to ourselves. Much like myself, we, we share a similar mission to bring integration to the body of Christ. So this is gonna be right up your alley and bless you so much. Jessica is a faith-based fitness coach, a podcast host, and a best-selling author. So you'll find out more on how to connect with her on the show notes. Check her out. You can follow her on all the places and Instagram uh, and Facebook and all the places to swipe up to find out more below. Before I let you go, I just want to let you know that we have a webinar coming up here for you as you prepare for the holidays. It's called Happy Healthy Holidays Webinar. In this webinar, it's totally free. All you gotta do is swipe up on the show notes, give us your email, we will send it to you. And in this teaching, you're gonna, by, by yours truly, you'll become more aware of what your body needs during these holiday seasons. Stay mindful of what you're consuming. Recognize what you might be overloading your body with. Find comfort in the gift of Christ who is King. Prepare the way and make room for Him in your heart. And avoid losing yourself in a pile of mashed potatoes. Listen, I love good mashed potatoes. I love it. It's coming, the holidays, good stuff. But we don't want to have our regrets over the holidays. It's very possible if you are not integrated to yourself, you will escape into the holidays hoping that in that your pleasure, the moments of pleasure, that there will be lasting payoff. And we know it's not. So do all the things Revelation Wellness. Keep engaged with us, the podcast and all the things here. But this teaching, the webinar, Happy Healthy Holidays, I believe is going to help you to center your heart in preparation of the coming of Christ. We're so blessed. Aren't we blessed? It's a good time, a good season to embrace the joy of the Lord that is our strength and His joy is set before us as we get ready to prepare and celebrate Christmas as it's coming and Thanksgiving. Such a good time, especially on the other side of the last two years, let's really make this holiday matter and not get lost in the pile of mashed potatoes. <laughs> All right, you guys, thanks for being here. Donors, thank you for making this episode possible uh, for all the ways that we get to reach people through the modality of fitness and spread the gospel. I speak peace over you and health and well-being. And may you fall more in love with God today than yesterday. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. And today is a fun day. 
Sometimes I interview people that I know from afar and I'm just excited to get to meet with them. And I, you know, I'm a little nervous, but I'm always excited. This one, I'm not, I'm excited because this is a friend of mine that we, oh my gosh, how often do we talk during the week via Voxer, if anyone knows Voxer. Um, I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Jessica Hoddle. Jessica has written, how, what book is this? What number? This is number four. Number four book titled Face Off With Your Feelings, Break Up With The Lies Of Your Past and Embrace The Truth For Your Future. I feel like this book is my book because I've been with you in this one and you've been in it with mine right now that I'm still birthing into the world. It'll be quite a while longer, but my goodness, have we um, done some serious petitioning and praying and pulling on heaven for each other's messages. So Jessica, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be back too. You know, I've been on the podcast before. Right. Um, we did it with, which book was it? Uh, I think Know Your Worth. Know Your Worth. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, when you're talking about the book, it makes you like, I'm like getting teary eyed because it's been so much. I mean, it's been two years. We've been boxing almost three times a week at least. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys, book writing is it's staying with one idea for quite amount of time. And then by the time the thing goes out into the world, you're like, um, what did I, write? What did I yes, exactly. <laughs> what did I write about? Oh my gosh. That's so true. So this book though feels uh, pivotal or different than other books. Um, and maybe explain why, why, why did you feel called to write this book? Yeah. I think for me, I hit a point in my life where I needed to just take responsibility for what was happening Ooh, because I yeah. spent a long time, I would say 27 years of my life, blaming other people for what was happening in my life. Come on. Meaning I didn't know how to cook. So I'd be like, well, it's because it's my mom's fault. Oh, I wow. I, I was raised, you know, um, basically I had to self-teach everything to myself, laundry, mm. cooking, everything. Mm. So everything I didn't know. I blamed on my childhood and I got to a point where I finally said to myself, Jess, why are you blaming your past when you have the opportunity right now to change in the present and in the future? Mm. And it was that one little shift that I was like, Oh, like I do not have to continue to carry the weight nor the blame, which only led me to shame, right? Because yeah. I was blaming which then I felt shame because I couldn't do these things. So it uh. kept me in this perpetual state of a thought pattern and an emotional loop. Mm -hmm. When I finally decided like, I don't have to live like that anymore. I can yeah. choose now to learn how to cook, to yeah. learn how to properly do laundry or to iron yeah. or to whatever yeah. that I didn't learn in my past. And I think this is why this book is so important to me is because I came to this head on collision of, all my feelings. Cause I, I was had pent up anger, rage, hostility. I felt like the world owed me something for wow. all my pain that I went through. Come on. And every conversation I would have would be like, how are you going to make up for the pain that I had had? You know, all my relationships, we have similar pasts, you know, yes, I we lost do. My virginity at a very young age. Mm -hmm. I was 12 when I lost my um, virginity mm -hmm. and when you're 12, you don't know that you're looking for love. You don't know that you're looking to be seen and heard. You just know that you're looking to escape the reality that you're in for something mm -hmm. better than you're in. Mm -hmm. And that is why I think breaking up with the lives of your past and being able to take responsibility for your emotions, for your feelings, mm -hmm. because 
God gives us that choice. Scripture is mm-hmm. clear that we can choose how to think and he gives us the way out. And our stories are similar in terms of uh, family, like there, but not there. No one, you know, really kind of helping you to maneuver through life. So when we don't know who we are, what we're living for, no one's speaking life over us. No one's fighting for us. No one's really telling us worth, which that's kind of what your other, your other books have been really in that of worth and value. Uh, so talk a little bit about identity. Like how did your identity play into this and your healing? Like really getting out of that blame cycle when it comes to your identity? I think for me, it was, I always knew God cared for other people, but I didn't know God cared for me Mm. because it all comes down to, do I believe that God loves me? Because I think a lot of us can say, well, I I know that God loves and Mm -hmm. I know that he loves me or I love Jesus. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of this Christian thing to say, Mm -hmm. but I always go back to, but do you really believe that he loves you? Because when Mm -hmm. we receive that love, Mm -hmm. I feel like that is what changes how Mm -hmm. we love ourselves, which is that self-love, you know, ideology mm-hmm. that also changes how we love other people. Mm-hmm. And so identity, identity came, identity came down to two things. Who mm-hmm. do I believe God to be? And who is God really? Mm-hmm. Because if we don't answer those two questions, especially for me, I believe God was kind of this person that sat on his throne like, yeah, he was great and he was almighty and there was this power and there was this authority, mm-hmm. but I was never, I didn't feel like I was a part of that. I felt like mm-hmm. that was what I was to read. That was what I was to know. That mm-hmm. is what I was to understand. Mm-hmm. I also thought that God was giving, you know, his children sickness to teach him a lesson. I thought that everything bad in life was to teach me something. So I just kept searching for the answers to the lessons in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. But I learned that God is not the author of sin. So he cannot be the author of its consequences either. Yeah. Yeah. And come on. I, there are choices that I've made. There are things that I've done that have led to consequences and I'm not here to blame myself, but there are just choices that we make. Right. And especially I didn't know Jesus until I was 22. So I just had this mentality that if I don't do it, then nobody's going to do it. Right. That's where striving, so that's where body dysmorphia, that's where the hustle, all that. Yeah. Orphan mentality. The, we talk about that was, a lot as friends. We yeah. do. We do. It's just me. Here I am. I have to fend for myself and I have to take mm-hmm. care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so identity though, really those two questions, because when you, if you think God is like kind of waiting until you get your act together, if you think he sees you through your sin or, you know, he's putting you in a corner or, you know, if you step into a church because of sin, like a lightning bolt's going to come down and strike you dead. There are mm. people that really believe these things, which affect our healing. Because if you believe that God is a God of sickness and dis-ease, then you're not going to go to him for healing. You would yeah. never go to a doctor that was giving you sickness to also go to him and be like, can you also heal me? Heal me? Yeah. We just yeah. don't. And that, so therefore our identity, how we view God, because if we're made in his image, like Genesis says, then that means that we cannot separate ourselves, how we view ourselves from also how we view him. So how we view him impacts how we view ourselves. Man. And that's that intertwine, like the remain in me that you're so in Christ, which is such discipline to remain in Christ and not get sucked up into 
whatever bad news came down the pike that day or whatever, you know, uh, yes or no, you got that you weren't looking for, whatever it is, like it cannot separate us from the love of Christ. The minute we're separated, our identity goes with it. You'd mentioned about receiving, knowing, like we can know God and say, I know he loves me. How have, how have you practiced receiving the love of God? How, and, and at what point did that shift for you? What did that look like? I feel like that is more of that relationship experience kind of love as well. Mm. Cause we can know him. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk about this in the book a little bit about right brain and left brain. And you know, this as well, we, mm -hmm. I feel like as a society, as a church teach a lot on how to renew our minds and yep. take our thoughts captive, which is all good, great things. Yeah. But then the other side of our brain is emotion, connection, yeah. relationship, yeah. but yeah. we're not taught how to have a relationship so with God. We're taught so we true. need to be obedient to his word. Yes, we should be. But where does that come from? Through yeah. relationship. Yeah. And so I had to learn that one, I could trust God. And mm. trust is hinged on truth and consistency, right? We can mm. trust somebody when they speak the truth and they mm. follow through Consistent. on the truth that they speak. Yes. And so I had to begin to learn, okay, God, okay, he's true. All of his promises are yes and amen. Yeah. What does good look like, even if it feels bad? Yeah. And so relationship was, I give you that pre-backstory was I didn't have a relationship with my earthly father yeah. or any of my really earthly parents, grandparents. Mm -hmm. It was basically like, nobody kind of loves you. You know, the only person that had said they loved me was my mom. So I grew up in a physical and an emotional abusive home. So coming to God as his father, that's good and kind and patient and endures all things and hopes all things. Yeah. I was like, that sounds really great. Right. Good so in concept. Great concept. How exactly. do I apply this in my life? Left side yeah. of the brain. All yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Um, acquiring knowledge, acquiring knowledge. But then here I am on the other side, the emotional side, bitter, anger, unforgiveness. But I love God. I know God loves me, but mm -hmm. here I am on the other side. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them were crossing over. Mm. And I can remember when I started to slowly have this relationship. Journaling was so pivotal for Good. me. Yeah. I just, everything I just word vomited. It was just me and God. Yes. Like, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm this. Yes. None of it makes sense. You just yeah. write. And so that's, I kind of just kept writing and writing. And then you see him in the day. I would tell people, how do you let God love on you? Like, when do you know that it's God? It's good. And that, and that takes intentional, but they're just like, I can go in nature. You know, I always take walks. Yeah. I'm like a yes. huge walker. Yes. And there are times where I'll just like close my eyes and breathe in. And I'm just like, when the yes. leaves fall off the tree, I'm like, this yeah. is where God is. Like he's in the leaves. Yeah. He's in the wind. He's in the breath in my lungs. And that's not a Christian's answer. It's to say like, God is near. Yes. And that is where I had to get to that. God, the father is not God, my earthly father. Okay. And when I made that connection separate is that that is when I began to understand the good and kindness of the father. Okay. So you're talking left side, right side of the brain. And, you know, yeah. we have knowledge, we know truth, but then we have these feelings. So how do we discern truth in the midst of our feelings? Yeah. I think for me, I had to begin to understand the fruit. Mm -hmm. I had to look at, because I never addressed my emotions before I started to have a relationship. Is. My relationship changed yes. when I began to address the yes. anger because that's right around the time I stopped blaming. Yes. I took responsibility and I know that cringe. That makes so many people cringe. Like I have to take responsibility 
for my emotions of what right. other people have done. Right. You're not taking responsibility for their emotions or even for their actions. You're just saying, I can take responsibility for the hate in my heart, for the unforgiveness in my heart. Yeah. That is when you read scripture. How many scriptures does he talk about with forgiveness? Yeah. Even murder in your heart, he compares to a physical murder. Yeah. It's because he knows the relationship, the spiritual, mm-hmm. the emotional, the physical mm-hmm. change that comes mm-hmm. when we keep the harbored and suppressed and repressed mm-hmm. in our bodies. And I think mm-hmm. that is so kind of the father to say, I want you before you even give your money on the altar to go fix it with your brother. Like, I don't yes. even want your money. Go Come fix on. it with your brother. It's because he knows what happens to us emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And that's so kind of him to be able to say, this is why I say to forgive and to continue to forgive 70 times 70. Like this is going to be, you're, you're going to want to harbor emotions, but here's what I'm calling you and telling you to do. And that's when for me to be able to discern the fruit, because I'm sure all of us have met the Christians or the people that love Jesus that have been with him for 40 or 50 years but still have so much hate and anger in their hearts. And I feel like it's just, if we can bring that up and begin to address it, but going back to the fruit, we can look at a truth and a lie. And one truth is always going to bring reconciliation. It's always going to bring redemption. It's always going to bring this kind of full circle healing. Yeah. A lie is always going to breed destruction. It's always yeah. going to breed separation, division. So when we look at even what we're experiencing as far as feelings and relationship, what are mm-hmm. what is the fruit of what I'm doing? And we can mm-hmm. look around. Am I always in turmoil? Am I always fighting with mm-hmm. people? Am I always <laughs> reacting? So you know, good. and there are things even with repressed emotions where we don't talk about enough. OCD, mm-hmm. wanting mm-hmm. to control. Mm-hmm. self-doubt. These are actually mm-hmm. a fruit of repressed emotions or emotions that aren't dealt with. Yeah. And in, yeah. in my book, I talk about when Jesus and Pilate are having their conversation. And of course, I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, but Jesus is basically saying like, I am the embodiment of truth. Yeah. That means that everything apart from me is a lie. So yeah. whatever you read in my word is true. Yeah. Anything that you partner with or disagree, like it's a lie. And so we can understand that everything about Jesus is true. Then we begin to recognize that, oh, this doesn't line up with scripture. This doesn't line up with the character and nature of God. But we can't know the truth or know who we are to know who he is or know who he is to know who we are if we never open our Bibles. Amen. Yeah. And that is for me is we have to look at the fruit. What is the fruit producing? Is it a lie or truth? And then you'll be able to discern where you are on that kind of emotional scare, scale, reaction, your tendencies, type A. All of that is actually put into what is going on beneath the surface. I love when you talk about responsibility. Um, I think it's such a beautiful gift that the Lord gives us responsibility, which really is another way of saying, because we have free will, what a gift. God goes, I'll let you choose. You have free will. I'm not going to force you to love me or to be exactly, I know my design for you, but I want you to choose your way into it. I want you to choose me and come into yourself. But if we don't, 
there is a consequence. So the, then we're responsible, but the, the word responsible, if you break it down, it means to be response able. I'm able now, even in my sin of what I chose that led me into this mud pit that I'm in, I can choose, I have an ability to respond in a new way, which is repentance, which then brings us back to the father. And I remember who I am and who he says he is in relationship to me. And we continue the dance. He's just so gracious. So anyone that feels, I think growing up, maybe like you and I, responsibility was heavy. We felt responsible. Like I have to take care of myself. I've got to figure this out on my own. No one else is going to do it, right? That's responsibility without a renewed mind. It's without knowing who you are in Christ, but knowing who we are in Christ, what a gift to have responsibility. What What a gift to have the ability to respond in a new way. And I know that's what your book is teaching people to do to break up with the lies and, and partner with the truth. In your book, you talk about um, a cycle, thought cycles, break mm-hmm. that down for people. You and I go back and forth in this a lot. I, in, even in my book, Mike, I do the put your thoughts on trial kind of situation. And I think we have some similar tracking. So give them more language. We can never, listen, everyone write the book, say it a different way. Even though someone has said it, say it as only you can say it. So Jessica's now going to share what God's shown her about a thought and a thought cycle. Yeah. I love how we, you're so right. We are very different. I would say you're, um, you're older and wiser. Let's say that, but <laughs> I've got I, more wrinkles <laughs> for it. Got, yep. Got gravity. But more, yeah. I am, I have a hard time with anything neuroscience, my brain, just certain things. So I wanted to take things clinical and biblical to make it practical. Yes. And for me with this thought cycle, I felt like as soon as I started to dive in and experience freedom, in my Mm -hmm. feelings and emotions of fear or not having to control this situation or, Hey, like, wow. To be able to actually say like to my father, even just Mm -hmm. recently, like you're forgiven, like you're off the hook. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal for anybody that truly knows my story is to say to my father, like, Hey, look, you're off the hook. And that's, that was big for me, but it was also like, sincerity of the heart that I had to walk through. But I also still have to set up boundaries as well. And being able to not be triggered, which really is the first thing that happens in our thought cycle is we get triggered externally or internally. Yep. We can internally trigger ourselves, meaning you could be going to the bathroom, taking a shower and thinking about that person that didn't text you, that email that you didn't get. And mm-hmm. you start to go down that rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. They must not like me. Why didn't they text me back? It's mm-hmm. been too long. And mm-hmm. then your body, right? Because our emotions tell our body what to feel. So then you are triggered and then you just go down or yeah. you're externally triggered, which could just be, you see a man walking down an alley and you're in mm-hmm. that alley. And so your fight or flight kicks in and mm-hmm. your brain, you know, puts this person into danger, danger. You better like be on guard. So you can be actually triggered by just seeing something happening, mm-hmm. an accident, a conversation, a fight with somebody mm-hmm. that you don't even know or internally, which is basically mm-hmm. your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. You then go into the belief about the trigger. So mm-hmm. every trigger you have, there's a belief behind it. Meaning yeah. two people could see a fight at the same time, but one could be completely in a freeze state and, and mm-hmm. almost pass out. And the mm-hmm. other is like, huh. Eh, like they can just walk on by. And then yeah. that is because who that person's carrying a belief, meaning danger doesn't matter. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And therefore your body is going to respond by emotion, yeah. which is 
it's the unconscious. Basically, here's how I like to break it down is your body's going to feel it before you ever are aware of it. It's Meaning true. your palms yeah. are going to start to sweat. Yes. Your heart's going to start to race. So that's yes. your emotion kicking in. Your emotion yes. is your chemical to a specific response to a trigger. Yeah. Therefore, your feet are going to start moving before you even know why you're moving. You might yeah. start have a an upset stomach before you're even aware that you're anxious. Yeah. yeah. Or you're having um, you know, certain thoughts. And that's where the feelings come in. So you have the trigger, yeah. the belief about the trigger, which causes then the kind of cycle to go into the emotion because now your body's responding. I like to think of our brain like in our body like a Rolodex, where um, if you know Rolodex, where back in the day we would so have say to on millennials, <laughs> we used to have these things on a spinning wheel, like business cards on a spinning wheel was where and all the phone always, numbers. Yes. yes. And it would have, um, you could mm-hmm. write you have like an address and you can write notes about that person. Well, our brain and bodies kind of work the same way. So whenever you're triggered, our body goes into that Rolodex and it pulls up this memory that you have mm-hmm. that is very mm-hmm. detailed with emotions mm-hmm. and feelings and a belief mm-hmm. and goes, oh, here's the card. Then you, mm-hmm. then your body calls, so to speak, and responds. Mm-hmm. And that was where we get that emotion. And then the next thing is we feel it consciously. So our feelings are just the conscious reaction to an emotional response. Yeah. So for yeah. me, I always thought emotions and feelings were the same thing, but they're actually different. Because yeah. emotions are really the chemical response and your feeling is your conscious, basically awareness of what's happening. Yeah. And then you have your reaction, yeah. which is your last in that thought, that thought cycle is now you yeah. respond from that trigger. Yeah. Now you're going to say, do I need to stay? Do I need to run? Do I need to fight? Do I need to just, am I frozen here? Yeah. You know, I think that for me was so important because then I began understanding why, if I was around one of my parents or heard this conversation or stepped into a room or smelt something, I was being triggered mm-hmm. and my thought would go into it. I typically mm-hmm. want to kind of tuck away and hide. That mm-hmm. is typically my response is to just run away mm-hmm. and to avoid. Mm-hmm. And I had to recognize, like my husband would say, you just shut down. Like you can mm-hmm. tell it on my face. You can tell it in my body. Mm-hmm. As soon as I am challenged meaning somebody comes against my identity or a pain point of mine, I used to just shut down Hmm. because it was like, it was my safety to shut down. Yeah. Cause then I felt like I had to prove myself and I had to like Mm -hmm. show up. So for me, shutting down my body response, which is easier, but yeah, that's Mm -hmm. our thought cycle. And for me, recognizing that gave me, cause when you bring thoughts into conscious thought, they're like Play-Doh Yeah, and they can be molded and renewed and changed. So when I began to be aware of that thought pattern for me, that was huge because then I began to change my thoughts. So good. I actually remember when I was doing some, some healing work in a therapist, uh, again, over my, why do I keep responding the way I don't want to? Like, I don't want to be this mom. I don't want to be this wife. And I read the Bible and I, I want to be that. And I set my mind there, but I can't seem to you know, I I still do what I don't want to do. And, and that whole Rolodex picture of, you know, our brains having things that are filed away and, Oh, this is what we do with that. Uh, A therapist once told me that things that have been done to us that are um, adversity, or it shouldn't have gone that way that we we're they're disorienting, right? Like your parents should have been there for you. There should have been someone to teach you how to cook. Like those, all those places where should broke down 
those actually your brain doesn't file them. You're, you, you, they almost float around in your brain, kind of staying in the limbic system. And so then you just protect, you fight, flight, freeze, you do whatever you do. And it's actually through the integration of my thoughts in a calm space that I can feel my thought or think, know what I'm thinking and feel what I'm feeling without shutting down, without going to that, you know, cave, then the bot, then the brain can, and I, this is where you go with the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit will teach you where was he at that time? What happened? Like, what were you, where was God during that time? And it'll heal you so that then the brain can file it away actually into a, sensical, reasonable place so that you're no longer just going to that place. It's like, as if it's just floating around in your head and it's never found a place to land. So mm-hmm. I like that picture because I think it, we tend to think in, in our organization of our brain, that this is the way it should be when it's like, nope, there's some things that have not been filed properly and we can refile them. And you talk about this, that there are practical ways our brains can change as we pursue healing and renew our mind in God's truth. Talk about that. Talk about the healing of the brain as we pursue truth. Yeah, for me, I think this was huge because I didn't know I was doing these things, mainly because I have to really be focused to retain. I noticed that when I was in mm-hmm. high school, I noticed that when I was mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. I was, I was always kind of like, what is wrong with me? Why do I have mm-hmm. to read the same paragraph yeah. six times yeah. to like understand yeah. it? So when I began to integrate other ways of learning, so the first thing is just your brain will change when you just learn something new. Yeah. Acquiring new knowledge, which yes. is why I think so many people, when they open their Bibles, they feel the tension. They think this is hard. Well, it is because your brain is learning something new. Yes. <laughs> Embrace the suck, why. everyone. Yes. Embrace the suck. And, mm-hmm. and it's in the tension that we have our greatest change. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. your brain doesn't have any pathways, so to speak, with that scripture, with that knowledge yet. And so we have to continue to reinforce, which is why we show up and we build this relationship with the father and we mm-hmm. read his word so mm-hmm. that we can not only learn knowledge, which is what we're told over and over, but we can also experience the mm-hmm. word indeed and truth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Paul talks about, I will show you my faith by my works. So mm-hmm. it's not just that he believed, but he also went out and he did the action that he believed in his heart. Yes. And so I think the second thing is hands-on instruction, which is really that both sides of the brain again. So mm-hmm. when we think about the, we listen and we analyze that's the left. Mm-hmm. When we're visual and spatial, that's the right. Mm-hmm. So I want you to think about even rewriting scripture or drawing scripture. Mm-hmm. This is all the stuff I talk about in the book. So for me, I'll rewrite scripture. So hands-on, I'm reading it and then I'm writing it. And then mm-hmm. I'll either draw it out. Or even when my pastor is talking, sometimes I'll just start drawing. Like I'll draw yes. flowers if he's talking about being rooted or yes. just random. I'm not a drawer at all, but just, you know, drawing it it's out. True. Yeah, really helps me to be able to also learn the scripture. The third thing is to focus on the thought. And because what patterns we think um, more of our body begins to believe that pattern. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think focusing on thoughts very particularly is going to change what neural pathways are created. I think I talk about this. Again, I rewrote the book so many times, but I talk about how one thought can start out as like a dirt path. And the more you meditate, the more you think about it, it becomes a six lane highway before you know it. 
Yeah. It's no longer that right. dirt, good. dirt path that can get overgrown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's now concrete <laughs> with reflecting <laughs> barriers and guardrails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that was huge for me. And the number four was to write for clarity. This is where the journaling comes in. I think writing can bring clarity through our words. And I think in this kind of like Christmas lights. So (laughs) when we get, I know you love Christmas lights, but when you get out Christmas lights out of a box, most of the time they're all tangled up together. And you probably have four or five strands that you're like, man, I got to untangle this. And I think of our thoughts kind of like this. You have so many thought patterns or thought, um, just ways like phrases that are so intertwined that yeah. you don't know where one begins and one ends. Yeah. And it's really like that Christmas light where you now have to go in and either yeah. follow one to us unravel one at a time, yeah. or you just try to go in and, and, but when somebody goes in and tries to pull everyone at the same time, does that ever work? No, actually probably it'll get tighter. It'll yeah. get even more entangled and locked in. Yeah. So when we start to focus on the thought, but then also write for clarity, we begin to unravel Mm. either that one thought pattern at a time, which soon, if you focus on that one, you write for clarity Mm -hmm. and you pursue that truth, pretty soon you don't have a ball anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you have to stay focused and intentional to Mm -hmm. not have a ball be wrapped up again. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. for me, I mean, the Lord was kind of showing me that image because it's just that ball and it's the, the, all of the thought processes and patterns and phrases, they all intertwine and to be able to unravel that. So number five then is just taking action. We can read the word all day long. Come on. I was of Romans 9, 12, and it starts in, in 12. But he talks about cling to what is good, resist what is evil, do not repay evil for evil. Like, how am I actually living that out? Yeah. Do I really love? Do I really, in Mm -hmm. in my love, am I patient? Do I endure all things? Do I suffer long? Do I only love my kind of love, which is unstable? Or do I love that is stable with the stable love of God? And I think that that for me was huge when I actually began to put into practice what forgiveness looks like, because up until that point, I read about it. My brain wasn't changing and my body wasn't changing because I wasn't moving in the direction. For example, I would pray for healing, but I would talk about how sick I was. Yeah. And therefore I had to begin to watch my words, but also Mm -hmm. move in that direction. Mm -hmm. What does healing look like when I move my body in healing? Mm -hmm. And then number six is repeat the good things. So relationships are built on repetitiveness, you know, just repetitive conversation over and over and again. Well, our brains work the same way. And you know this, what fires together, wires together. Mm -hmm. So what are you firing together? It's really that repetitive of good things. I know that Mm -hmm. was really quick, but I break them down more in the book, but those are six ways. I think practically we can do every day. And the tension is going to be there. The frustration probably going to make you feel a little overwhelmed, but you don't have to do them all at once. Just pick something new and embrace the change. Amen. Okay. Last question, because as a Revelation Wellness instructor that you are, Mm -hmm. what platoon did you come through? Uh, 19. 19. Gosh, those are the days. I think I know. Those are good days back on the mountain when we met in person. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, how does movement play a role in the renewing of our mind? Yeah, I was really thinking about this question because you are obviously the queen of this. And I, 
I went back to thinking, what is the root of, when we think about chronic stress, it's really Mm -hmm. built up energy that gets suppressed. Yeah. And emotions are energy. Yep. And they're also the chemicals. So they're just a continuous of communication. So the more that we understand that even when you bury them, they don't die. Yeah. So when we move, it gives your body a chance to actually move the energy that you, the stress, the broken down stress is just basically the perception, your belief about what's happening in your life. That Mm -hmm. is stress because Mm -hmm. weddings can have stress just as much as a bad day at work. So yep. stress is really our perception of what's happening around us. Yes, yes. But if we're holding and harboring anger, it's kind of like, think of when you have a beach ball in a pool or a body yeah. of water. Yeah, it'll come up. You can, you can only hold it down for mm-hmm. so long before mm-hmm. it just, it comes up. And I feel mm-hmm. like when we move our bodies to truth, that's mm-hmm. why I'll cry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when I do a RevWell mm-hmm. workout, I'll just cry. Yeah. Or sometimes people might even feel angry. But it's it's allowing that kind of whatever that emotional energy is, that chronic Mm -hmm. stress, the thing that you think is dead, that's just buried, wait, it's still alive, is coming up. And so for me, it's just the ability when we begin to move, so do our emotions and so do our feelings. And whenever somebody is anxious or I tell them, I was like, just get up and do some jumping jacks. When you start to feel fidgety, when you feel like you can't sit still, when you mm-hmm. get that call or that text, or you're so stressed at work and you just feel it in your shoulders, just do mm-hmm. some jumping jacks, go for a walk, because that's energy that needs to be moving in your body. Amen. Amen. Emotion, energy in motion. And those chemicals, if they don't have a place to go, they just sit in our bodies and stew. And we wonder why we have sickness. I mean, it's literally, let's express it, but you mentioned other way, journaling, going for a walk. It isn't just movement, but what's in you has to get itself out of you. Yeah. And uh, your book is going to help people to do that. So good. Okay. Um, Jess, where can people go to get this book? You can just head to jessicahoddle.com and okay. I hang out on Instagram at jessicahoddle, but just head to the website jessicahoddle.com and you'll be able to see all the options and things available. And before you go, three fast questions I ask everyone. Coffee, tea, or kombucha? Well, tea and kombucha. Different different appetites for different days. <laughs> Love it. Which is kind of the same because kombucha is just fermented tea. So yeah, you're in the yeah. tea family. Um, favorite way to move your body? I would say uh, right now I'm I'll loving body you. weight. Body okay. with low weight, like a bar almost, because it's uh-huh. been really kind to my nervous system uh-huh. and walking. Of walking, course, is like walking. This is the thing. sound of a boxer from Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear her feet moving through some crunchy leaves or something. I don't know, but it's definitely not Arizona where you hear the shell and the, the rocks everywhere when I box you. Um, and your favorite uh, workout athlete, athleisure wear go. I still stick to Nike pants. Like really? I, yes, I Nike. Those. 
I found the band that doesn't have a band. If you know what I'm saying? I cannot stand <laughs> anything that does that digs into my side or yeah. cuts off my circulation. Yes. yes. Um, so it's really the band for me. But I am all for any brand that I can find that is just comfy. But I happen to find these ones from Nike that literally. What are they called? Because just... people are going to ask, is there a certain name to them? Because a band that doesn't feel like a band. I mean, oh, it in. feels like, I mean, it doesn't even feel like there's anything around my waist. It's just, there's no elasticity. There's no anything. How the heck does it stay up? This is, this is <laughs> the Holy spirits in these pants. I do not remember what they're called. I'm so sorry. Now you're just, right, well, you're going to have to put it on your Instagram or something. Yeah. You're just going to have to like come message me and I'll like send you a picture, but I'm not lying. They are just the softest, okay. most comfortable I'm telling you, the day this comes out, you better post it because I'm going to (laughs) get flooded with, what are the pants? I want to know. All right. I've tried like Lululemon and the popular ones, but again, it's the band for me. Like it just, everything's so tight. Right. I need to breathe a little. Like I don't like everything. I don't want to be suppressed. I got things to get (laughs) out of my body, not hold it in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love you. I'm proud of you. Good job on this book. Two years or so in the making and take a little breather. And I know you'll be right back at it because that's what we do. We writing, I always say, I say to you, it's like punching ourselves in the face. And then we show up again the next day. What is this Lord? But you do a good job. You're so great at it. So thanks for being here today. You guys follow Jess on all the places. We'll have it in the show notes. So swipe up and get it and go get the book. Face off with your feelings, break up with the lies of your past and embrace the truth for your future. Thanks for being here, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me.